verses 1 through 11. Uh, when you get there, you stand up. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the, same, and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he, as he will. We ask God, please bless the reading of his word. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Your word is truth. Father, we thank you, Father, for the, the body of Christ. You said in your word that we are the body. That means, Father God, that we are tied together, designed, Father God, to bring glory and honor and praise unto you. So, Lord, this morning, as we go into the word this morning, as we study, Father, will you help us? Father, will you empower me? Father, to speak your word and only your word with clarity, with wisdom and precision. I pray that the hearer would be edified, built up and encouraged, strengthened in Jesus name. I pray, Lord God, that as I speak, Father God, that, Lord, you would be exalted, Father, from beginning to the end. For you are the same yesterday and today, and we put our trust in you. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. The presence of the Lord. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we had began a series entitled The Body. And uh, we took a brief intermission last week to talk about Thanksgiving. I trust that many of you were very, very thankful or that you took time to thank the Lord for what he has given to you and how he has blessed your life over this past year. And so we want to get back to our subject dealing with the body. And by way of recap, we talked last time about the uh, fact that we are members one of another and that how that we are tied together and God designed us to be a people of productivity as we work within the concept of who he made us and created us to be. We spoke about how the church was Created by Jesus himself. Remember, Jesus says that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And many of us understand that, that even though Satan wanted, he's going to try. I mean, no, he's going to attack. And I don't even know he's always working, but he will not prevail against the church. We also spoke about from the scripture how that every believer should be a part of a local uh, Bible believing Bible teaching church. And we talked about how Paul himself was a church planter, how he went about and he planted many churches and that he was responsible for all those churches that he planted. Paul was a strong man of God. How many know it takes a strong man or woman of God to deal with the people of God? Hallelujah. We spoke about how that the church grows by that which every joint supplies. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. That the church grows by that which every joint supplies. Look at your neighbor and say, you're important. Make sure you're doing your part. We talked about how that the local church is responsible for equipping the ministry or the people, the body for the, for the work of ministry. 
not just to be a pew sitter. Amen. We are called to get in the game. This is one sport where you don't, we don't want nobody sitting on the bench. There's room for everybody to play. You can look at the neighbor and say you're first string. That means you're a starter if you want to be. Hallelujah. You just got to get in the game and play according to the rules, but you're first string. And so, and so we talked about all that. So today I want to deal with this concept of spiritual gifts. This is an amazing uh, topic because I think most of us understand that you hear us say all the time that God has created us with a purpose and that God has designed us to do a particular work. Within the concept of the body, there is something individually that we're all unique. We're all different. And that's a blessing. There's nothing wrong with being different. Um, and so you hear us say that all the time, that God has created you with a purpose. There, there's something that you're supposed to do. And, and, and I can remember that there was a time in my walk with God that, you know, as it relates to spiritual gifts. Now, we're going to talk about, we're not going to cover all the spiritual gifts today, but we're going to be covering quite a few of them as we go out through this series. But I remember that there was a time when I used to walk around all the time saying, what's my spiritual gift? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I just want, what, what, what is my role? What is my role? How, how do I make it? What, what is it that I'm supposed to do? I mean, I hear that they, I understand that God created me. I'm supposed to serve. But what is it uniquely that I am supposed to do? I can recall that I would get so uh, overwhelmed with that that I begin to lose focus a little bit. And you forget what the purpose of spiritual gifts are for. Every believer, we're going to show you here from Scripture in a moment, every believer has a spiritual gift. Every one of you, not one, not two, everybody in here, if you're saved, if you've been washed in his blood, you have a spiritual gift. And the best way to discover your gift is to have an attitude of, watch this, how can I? Build up, extend the body of Christ. Your gift that is given to you is not just for you. See, God, see, God doesn't give you spiritual gifts so that everybody can see. Oh, look how good they can sing. Or look how good he teaches. Or look how good they do. God didn't give you a spiritual gift for that reason. God gives you a spiritual gift because he wants you to serve. And he wants you to use it to build up. The body of Christ. How many know this series is about the body? And here's the thing you got to recognize. Remember, that is all about the body of Christ. Now, if, 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 in, if in your mind it's about something different, you, you're going to be one of those Christians that are going to be frustrated. You're probably not going to like this series of messages that much. Because if your whole thing is to promote and build your own agenda outside of the body of Christ, this ain't the, this ain't the series for you. It's all about the body. We are his body. And how many know that every one of us at some point, now I want you to understand this. God has gifted you and I. Some of us got two, three, four gifts. But you know that we're all going to have to give an account to God for what we do with what we have. One of the things I learned about God is God don't usually give you more until you are faithful with what he gives you. And how many know that you are a steward? Over not only the stuff that he gives you, but the gifts that he puts down on the inside of you. There's one passage in Luke chapter 16 where Jesus comes. He says, give an account. Give me an account for your service. All of us are going to have to appear before the beamer seat of Christ. Now, you know, the Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter eight. We know that we're not condemned, but all of us are going to have to appear before the beamer seat of Christ to give an account for what we did, what, what he gave us. In other words, did I take my gifts? Did I take my talents? Was it just all about me or did I just sit on them or the Lord? Did I fit or did I figure out a way to try to engage? So y'all really have to help me this morning because I had a little I had a. A little cold or something going on in my throat, so I'm hoping I can last throughout this whole thing. Amen. But so y'all, y'all just pray me through it, amen? amen. But but all of us have something of significance to offer. You got to realize that you are extra special. I don't think of myself that way. You don't. What more does Jesus have to do to show you how special you are? 
You have to know you've been bathing in the world and you get flooded with all the, the stuff that comes in the world, you know, all the, the lies the enemy tells you, you forget. And I tell believers all the time, and I tell people that I minister to, you got to remember and you got to understand who you are. You've been changed. You are significant and you have a significant role to play. Wherever God plants you, there is a significant role that you are to play. Because God doesn't do anything haphazardly and God don't do anything flippantly. I mean, everything God does is purpose. He said, I know the plans I have for you. I want to prosper you. I want to give you a future and a hope. God has a wonderful plan for our life. As we get into this series, I want to just address one thing and then we'll go into it because I want you to know the premise that I'm coming from. For those of you who've been served, for been saved now for more than, let's say, 10 years, you probably have a knowledge of uh, conservatives. You've probably heard the terms of conservatives, charismatics, fundamentalists, uh, orthodox Christianity. How many of you heard some of those terminologies? Um, the folks that are more conservative, now, let me, let me, let me share this with you. I, I grew up in a conservative atmosphere in Christianity. Uh, most of the gifts of the Spirit we didn't believe was for today. We believe they stopped with the apostles when they did all the miracles. The devil was just God working then, and he just kind of stopped doing all that stuff now. You know, now we can hope and pray that he healed us, but outside of that, everything else is pretty much done. That's the environment that I grew up in. Um, and God had to bring me from that way of thinking because one of the things I've always been is a student of the Word of God. You know, I mean, you know, when you really get away from sometimes people's opinion, you start reading the Bible for yourself. It's amazing what God will show you. Stuff will just jump out at you. And uh, so as I begin to evolve in my Christian walk with God, uh, I begin to embrace the spiritual gifts. Now, let me say this. How many of you have studied the book of Acts before? If you want to know what charismatic, the word charismatic comes from the word charisma. I mean, gifts. If you want to, if, you, if anybody have any doubt whether or not the church was charismatic, you need to read the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you find and you will discover that they were doing miracles, they were doing stuff, all, I mean, operating in prophetic ministry, speaking in tongues. I know some of you, we're going to talk about that, we're going to address that, not, not today, but I know some of you grew up in environments that you believe that speaking in tongues was of the devil. I believed that at one time. We'll address that. But they operate in all the gifts of the spirit. They, they, they were people that, uh, that they, they operate in healing. How many know the apostles? They healed. I mean, I mean they, 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 they had gifts of, of healing, service, prophetic words of knowledge. All of this happened in the book of Acts. And you read, and for some reason, what I tell people all the time, I think we forget is that the story ain't over yet. You're still part of a story in the book of Acts. It's the Acts. We're carrying on his ministry. I said before that the church, we look at how the church grew in the New Testament. I want you to follow me here. The church grew in part, largely in part, because of the charismatic, the charismatic gifts, the gifts of the spirit that was in operation. If you study the book of Acts, there's no way you can deny that. You can read it. The question is, as some people say, has God stopped doing that today? And I'm never the one who say just because I don't see a miracle, because I don't, listen, watch this. Because I don't see somebody raised from the dead don't mean the guy ain't raising folks from the dead. I just ain't seen it. Because there's nothing in the book that tells me the guy said, okay, from here on out, I will not raise anybody else from the dead. It stopped. Show me that verse, get back to me, I'll believe you. But until you, and so I'll keep preaching this word, I will keep proclaiming what they did, whether I, because you see, it's not my responsibility as a pastor. For example, I pray, I believe in healing. I believe I can pray over you and you be healed. Now, it's not my responsibility to heal. Nobody. I don't have that capability. But I believe that God will use my hands to anoint people and pray over people and people will get healed. I don't believe God stopped doing that. How many, how many of you believe? Oh, I'm almost afraid to ask. How many of you believe God stopped healing? Whew, thank you, God. Okay, I don't have as much hard work I thought I had to do. Okay. 
almost scared me. I believe, listen to me, the Apostle Paul outlines in, 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 and here's what I want you to study. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's an outline of gifts of the Spirit. And he outlines gifts in Romans chapter 12. Now, let me say this. I want to make this, say this on the onset because I want to make sure that uh, you understand where I'm coming from. The gifts that Paul outlined. Now, you might be, let me, before I say that, let me say this. You may be asking, why is this important? It's important because this is how the church grows and because we want to be a church that is flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. That's why we're doing this. And this is critical to our ability to be able to change lives. And let me tell you, how many of you have witnessed to somebody and God gave you a word of knowledge about somebody, you spoke it to somebody, and they looked at you like you were crazy, like, how did you know that? People have gifts. And gifted in the prophetic. Or people that you pray. I believe that God wants us to be able to pray over strangers. Right there in the checkout line in Shopper's Food. That's why I shop. And, and believe that God can heal somebody right then and there. I mean, no, that will be a good sign. I'm just believing. I just believe that. And so the gifts that Paul outlined in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I don't believe are meant to be exhaustive. I don't believe they were meant to be exhausted. I believe that there, there are gifts that Paul was outlining, and he does seem to indicate that there is some order to the gift, but I don't believe it covered, it, it covered all the gifts that there could ever be. I think Paul was laying out a case that God equips us. God, God gives us gifts of the Spirit in order to uh, build up the body of Christ and really and to grow the body of Christ. And how many know that you are a living stone. Look at the name and say, you're a stone. The church is not brick and mortar. The church is every person that is born in the kingdom. That's a part of Christ's family. Makes up the church. And the church, God has gifted the church with gifts of the spirit in order to further the mission that God has called us to do. Now, what is a spiritual gift? Now, I want to give us a working definition because y'all got to pray with me as I try to communicate this because I was really praying and trying to uh, figure out a way to best communicate this. There is some sometimes discussion about what's a spiritual gift versus what's a natural gift. How many of you have ever heard that or entertained that idea? Oh, this is a natural gift, and this is a spiritual gift. But let me just start on this premise, that every ability that you have, whether you're unsaved or saved, was given by who? God. Amen. Now, understand that. If, if, if you're good, if you, if you, let me tell you something. If you're gifted, like I used to love walking, I used to love watching, I don't know what Michael Jordan's I don't know what Michael Jordan's experience is as far as his Christianity goes. But how I many know it was good to watch him on the basketball court? And, you, and everybody who watched Michael Jordan, nobody when he would disagree and say, Michael Jordan, ain't get, Michael Jordan is not gifted. Nobody would say that. Everybody, Michael Jordan is gifted. And nobody in here who's a believer would say for one second, oh, that, 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 that gift didn't come from God. Am I right? Amen. Your gift, your knowledge... Everything that we are, it all comes from God. Well, but what makes a spiritual gift is what we're talking about. What makes it a spiritual gift? Um, many of you, before you came, you know, before we got saved, I mean, know that, that uh, uh, you know, you, you, your name is whatever your name is. But after you got saved, you still have the same name. Uh, some of you, uh, for example, uh, you, you, were, you were gifted, and you was a gifted teacher, or you are a gifted teacher. Now you say, but you're still a gifted what? Some of you were great singers and musicians. You know, how many know people that were in the world, and they were in the world, and they were just dancing for the world. Then they get saved, get born again. Now all of a sudden, they dance to a whole different tune now. Did, they, did they somehow that when they got saved, did they, they, that gift they had to play the music, play the piano, or teach, or administrate, or serve, did that somehow leave them? No. Yeah? Okay. Now, let's, let's look at this. So what is the spiritual gift? Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 11. You're already in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But look at verse number 11. 
Y'all praying with me? Amen. We said 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 11. And where am I? But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. Okay? So one and the same spirit. So it is the spirit that's working these things, all right? Distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now jump on up and look at verse number seven. But the manifestation or the revealing or the outworking or the evidence of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So first of all, why does God give us spiritual gift? Based on 1 Corinthians 12, 7, for the profit of who? All, for the common good. So a working definition that will help us. So any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and is and used in ministry in the church, that's the spiritual gift. Or, I like John Piper's definition, is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively. For the strengthening of someone else's faith. As I said a moment ago, what makes, you see, I, I, I'll say it this way. Say a person, uh, how many of you got teachers? I would just use the example of a teacher. Who, you have teachers that are, uh, they're not saved, they're unbelievers in some context. Or you've been in, in that kind of environment. Um, the difference with that teacher versus somebody that's teaching in the spirit is that it has been energized or empowered by the Holy Spirit. In other words, I am teaching like this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing one of my spiritual gifts, which is teaching. OK, now my spiritual gift is being energized by the spirit, which makes it a spiritual gift. It's just not a gift. It's a spiritual gift because it's being energized by the Holy Spirit. And I'm relying on God. That's the difference between a person that's a gifted teacher versus a person that is simply, or versus a person that is, has a spiritual gift. So it becomes spiritual because my goal is to build up the body of Christ and to express, my, and express faith and to grow faith within the body of Christ and thereby uh, expanding the kingdom of God. So my goal is the body. My goal is to see God's kingdom grow and expand. So the gifts that I have, I use them now for God. So, for example, now the Bible doesn't particularly say that, that um, at least as far as I know of, somebody may can prove me wrong, that when you did lift the, list the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 8, just to name a couple places, it don't really say that somebody have, uh, it doesn't really talk about, per se, the gift of music specifically, okay? But how many know that, that music does help you quite a bit? Amen. Right? And if, if, if somebody come in here and now they're playing the piano and they're singing and they're praising, it's, it's, it can fall in the category of exhortation. How many know that, that, that that's encouraging? That's an encouragement. But now that thing is a spiritual gift. Before, it, he, was, he was a gifted musician. See, everybody who don't know Christ and they're gifted, they're, they're just that. They're gifted with the ability that God gave them. But now if you bring it into the realm of the spirit, it's a whole different animal now, for lack of better words. Is y'all, am I making any sense to anybody here? So now it becomes now a spiritual gift. So all of my abilities, all that I can do before, because I'm, because I'm doing everything that I'm doing for the glory of who? God. You follow me? So whatever gift I got, whether it's speaking, whether it's teaching, whether it's some kind of physical ability, whether it's a gift of faith, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever, however God wired me, if my goal is that I'm using it, to build the kingdom, I'm relying on God, then it's a spiritual gift. It's what God gave me because it's being utilized in the spirit. If I'm not utilizing that gift for the purposes of the kingdom of God, then I'm just gifted. And God gave, it all, God gave all of us the gift, whether you're saved or unsaved. But the difference is one of these gifts is being energized by the spirit. It makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. 
So he said now in verse number 11, but one in the same spirit works. How many know the spirit is working? In order for it to be a spiritual gift, the spirit must be inspiring or driving that particular gift. So this kind of helps us. Now turn to 1 Peter chapter number 4. Let's continue to build on this subject. Tell me, y'all, we're teaching this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. We're going to teach a little bit. Okay, here we go. First Corinthians chapter number four. I like this. I got to lay this foundation because I think it's important how we move forward as a people. Are you there? First Corinthians, I'm sorry, First Peter 4, verse 10. Did I say First Peter 4? Yeah. All right, good. As each one has received a gift, as each what? Okay, as each one. Well, I don't have a spiritual gift. Nonsense. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another or serve it up. Whatever your gifting is, figure out a way to to serve it up, to get involved, to you. How many know the Bible says that every the body grows by that which every joint supplies. If every, if every joint ain't supplying, what do you think happens with the body? It's not really functioning in its optimum way, is it? It's just like the car. You don't have to get an oil change every three days. You can wait every 10, 15, 20,000 miles to get an oil change. But at some point, it ain't going to work as well as it should work if you get an oil change a little bit more frequently. You're tracking with me. So watch this. So he says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And we talked about that word steward. So everyone, you are a steward, which means that if you're a steward over something, then, then it, 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 it gives the implication that you don't own it. You're a steward. You're supposed to watch over. You're supposed to manage it. How many know that everything in your life you got don't belong to you? Amen. <laughs> Some of you, I got one Amen. How many know that every, let me put it this way, then maybe you can understand it. How many you believe that everything you have belongs to God? Amen. I got an amen now. So everything you have in your life, you are a steward. You're a steward of your time. You're a steward of your resources. You're a steward of your money. And you're a steward of your spiritual gift. You are a steward. And God is going to say to us one day, give account for your stewardship. Well, I don't need to get involved. I don't need to do anything. You're going to have to give an account. But this is good. Watch this. As good stewards of the man's full grace of God, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability with which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified. See, that's what makes it a spiritual gift. Because we're doing it. See, we're doing what we're doing under the inspiration of God. You know what? You know when you're at work, when you're utilizing, you know, let me tell you something. Everything you do, whether you're at work, if you work on a computer, that you know you should be praying, so Lord, use me, empower me, Lord, to do my job and in such an excellent way that it'll just make everybody just like blush, like within me. Because why? Because everything I do, I do for the glory of God. And, and, and all of my gifts, they're all spiritual because I don't do nothing unless God's going to get glory out of it. Okay, y'all don't, y'all, I'm still, y'all. Everything that you do is for the glory of God. Right? It should be. My goal is to use my gifts, my talents, whatever I got, I'm doing it for the glory of God. So if I punch the clock every day, I'm doing it because God told me if a man don't work, he don't eat. Does it make sense to you? See, all I had to do is just put the food in there, y'all get it. (laughs) A man don't work, he don't eat. So everything I do, I do it for the glory of God. So I'm spiritual. See, before I came into the key, tell me, no, that there's still some stuff. You got spiritual. You got saved. You became a spirit being. You became spiritually alive. Let me say it to you that way. You always, you're alive now in the spirit. You were in the flesh. There were certain things. You had no knowledge of God. You didn't care about God. Now, all of a sudden, you get saved. Now, everything changes for you. Your inspiration for what you do is spirit-led. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the what? Sons of God. Are we making sense? So he says, now, Paul said, I'm in the Spirit now. I'm not what I used to be. But, but, but how many know, but, but most people out there, when they see me, they still say, hi. Hi, Gary. 
Hi, did you grew up in Wakefield, Gary? Yeah, I'm still. But but the difference is uh, my 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 focus is different. My I'm I'm spiritual. I'm I'm changed. I'm I'm, I'm not. Uh, there's some things about me that are the same, but but my inspiration of why I do what I do is different. Because I'm in the spirit. I'm spirit. I'm being empowered. I'm being guided. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. All right, y'all with me? Okay, watch this. Now, so anyone speak, let them speak in verse number 11 as an oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let them do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion, power forever and ever. Amen. So he said, if anyone speak, he's speaking here about spiritual gifts. He said, if you're speaking, whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing it as if God was speaking through you. If you're working, make sure you're working as if God was working through you. Whatever you do, make sure you're doing it as if God will work it through you so that God will get all the glory for what's being done. Now, let's, let's, take, let's take it a little bit a step further. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. This is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible because you know why I love 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 26, starting at verse 26? It's because, because I'm qualified. <laughs> y'all believe y'all qualified? I want y'all to stay with me. If we get this today, then as we move forward, we talk about different spiritual gifts, then you will understand the backdrop from where we're coming from, and it all makes sense to you. So, if, if, so just stay with me on this. Now watch this. Now we said, what was the purpose of spiritual gifts? What, what were we already established? The purpose of the spiritual gift is for what? For all. For the common good. For the body. God is, see, that's why some people, you got to be careful, you know, um, Listen, I, I give as a pastor, like, like I crave for, and I, if it was up to me, everybody would get promoted. I just slap an oil on everybody's head, jump up, get, boom, you do what do you want, be whatever, be a preacher, be, boom, you know, I'm just, you know, but, but we can't do that because, because we got to understand that, that some people don't understand why they're gifted. And if we if we use our gift in a way that we think that that we forget where it came from. How many know that then, then we, we, we miss it? See? If, God, see, if God's going to use you, some of you are going to get promotions. You've been blessed. Don't think for one second, how many know that it's God that promotes and God that brings down? Amen. Yes. I don't care. It, you say, well, that's just in the church. No, it ain't. If you think that your life is just relegated to these four walls, you, you ain't listening. Nothing I said over these, since you've been here. You haven't heard. Your life, the ch- your life, you are the church in here and out there. I say even more so out there. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God, so, so understand this. So here, here's the general disposition. Okay. I'm going to use whatever I got for the glory of God. Now, now but, but here's the thing, though. I remember when God first called me to to begin to preach, and back in 1997, I was scared to death. Okay, I couldn't even say if they if I was in a classroom and they say state your name. This is how bad this brother was. Okay, I would take five minutes to rehearse how I'm going to state my name <laughs> before a classroom of ten. All right. Now I can speak to hundreds and thousands. I don't even care. I go place I speak. I don't even. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm. But but let me tell you, there was a point in time because part of me, I was still had that old way of thinking. See, there's some stuff locked down on the inside of you that you haven't even tapped into yet. But see, some of us we limit God too much. You gotta be. You gotta think that there. That the Bible says, all things are possible to him who believe. All things. It doesn't matter. If God decides that he wants to bless you, he wants to promote you, how many know that there's no devil in hell that can stop it? Did it make sense that Joseph became the second in command of all of Egypt? He was a Jewish guy. He didn't really know anything about their culture, and God brings him, and God elevates him. Why? Because God decided to. 
But you got to think bigger than what we think. You got to think, see, because some of us are so quick to say, I can't do that. I can't. And, and there's, there's stuff God wouldn't got this on the inside of us that we never get into because we're too intimidated what other people are going to think. Or, or we believe the lie that we're not all of that and, and that God can never really use people, a person like me. Let me tell you, so it doesn't matter what you did. God can use you. Amen. Okay, some of you watch this now. Look at this. Y'all in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Oh, I got to run. <sighs> For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. <laughs> and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Look at the neighbor and say, you got to think big. You got to. So you can't, you can't have that same old mindset you had before you came into the kingdom. Because God would anoint you. God will put a gift inside of you and God will elevate you if you believe it. Now watch this. Not for your own purpose, for a greater purpose. I mean, no, the life is weak when it's all about you. You're not living your life to the fullest. If you live your life thinking about yourself, you are not living. You're still dead. Life, even rich people who don't know God realize that, that life begins really when you begin to share and to give. Amen. Believers ought to already know that. Oh, watch this. It's about giving. It's about pouring out. That's where you find the biggest blessing. Watch this. That's why we tell you clap when it's time for the offer, right? We tell you clap. Some of you clap. Not, not most people in this church. Most of everybody here clapping. You know. Y'all, y'all are happy. Okay. Verse, and what, verse 28. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Look what God does. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God want to do a work in your life that, that when most people, when it's done, that most people look and say, God had to do that. Because I remember when. Ain't no way. I, what? God, there is a God. Because God want to work in our life. Watch this. That he don't want nobody to glory. God don't want nobody. Listen, God want to make sure that he get the glory. Does anybody have any problem giving God the glory? Please don't. Please. Whew, that was good. God don't want it. God is not going to do anything in our life where he's not going to be the glory. He want to do stuff in such a way. That's why God can't deal with pride. People that are full of pride are full of themselves, all about themselves. God can't use them. It's the one that realized that if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, I would be nowhere. I would be nothing. If it were not for him, for him, I know who I am. And if God decides to elevate me, God, listen, God want to elevate people who understand that, you know what, that it is him. And the sky is the limit to those who have that kind of an attitude. It's the folks that think they're all of that in a bag of chips and that they're self-sufficient. No, you're not. Watch it. But, but, verse, but verse number, look at verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it's written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So now here's the thing about those of us who are gifted in God. I, I know, here's, here's what we do. We just boast about God's goodness. Brother, I just, I just appreciate you. Th that song you sing just lifted me. Oh, that word you preach, that's good. That ain't God awesome, ain't he? I give all the glory to God because I know, I, I can tell you for a fact, knowing where I came up from and knowing where I was born out of, that, 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 that they be some folk, I go back home today, they look at me like I'm a two-headed monster. Because we were considered the worst on the block. We were the neighbors that everybody else stayed away from. We were the neighbor that was them, them poor little old Bailey kids. But all of us are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost today. Every one of us. And they used to laugh at us. They used to make fun. We used to have to go knock on their doors and ask our neighbors for water. We Talking about Christmas, <laughs> if the neighbors didn't bring toys over to my house, I won't get no toys. And we were the laughing stock on the neighborhood. 
They left. We were the we were the ones. You know how how kids like I was teaching my brother because my brother was just here. I said, man, you remember in them days, man? I said, brother, I said, you know you. I remember you playing baseball. You know how kids run around in sneakers. You playing outside. My brother running around in 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 in, in the old uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, hard shoes, not hard shoes, but dress shoes, whatever you call them. I'm trying to think of the right, you know. But because we didn't have sneakers and they had no shoestring in them, all right. And that's why we were, with no with no socks on. That's where I grew up. That's where I grew up in, okay? As an environment. But God liked taking the weak things of the world to confound the wise. At some point, I had to understand that when I came into the kingdom, that the sky's the limit for me. And I go back now, and they look at me like, what happened? And, and, and boy, and I, tell, and I Facebooked our pictures. You won't believe Go look at my brothers on Facebook. But we are knowing it. Not just the way we look, but, but because the glory of God, because we do all we do for the glory of God. I'm gifted, hallelujah. And look at this. And verse number chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, verses 1 through 5. And our brethren, now listen to Paul. Now I want you, I want you to get this. Paul said, our brother, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Can you imagine Apostle Paul saying that? This is the guy that planted all these churches. Paul said. See, God called you to do some things. Sometimes you'd be a little nervous. Just go do it anyway. Well, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know. Just do it. You never know what God to do. God said, Paul, said, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If we want to be anointed, we need to be energized by the spirit. See, as a preacher, I know what it's like to preach under the anointing versus not preaching under the anointing. Being not energized by the spirit. You ought to know yourself. You know when you're walking in the spirit, you know when you ain't. How you doing today? Don't talk to me. <laughs> so as it relates to this issue of spiritual gift, we need to think bigger. We need to make sure that our thought process is that God is going to get the glory. And so my giftedness is not because of my own ability. It's because of God. And God would do amazing things in your life if you live with that mindset. Now watch this. Now watch this. Um, now we talk about now, how does one receive a spiritual gift? Now let's, 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 let's deal with this. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. You have the 11, 12. You got that verse? 1 Corinthians 11, 12. Can you put that back up for me? 1 Corinthians 11, 12. Uh, uh, 12, 11, but one same spirit. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. But one and the same spirit, we're talking about the spirit, works all these things. How many know that if you believe God is working in you? Watch this. Distributing to each one individually as who will? He will. Who gives you your spiritual gift? So why do some folk, I grew up in an old Baptist church. I used to be, I wasn't even walking with God then. I mean, I was just in church. Y'all, you know, young people, you know, when you were young, I was just in church. I wasn't trying to follow God. I was just there because my mom told me to come. They made me sit there. I suffered through it. I suffered. <laughs> suffered, suffered, suffered. <laughs> Didn't like it. Suffered through it. I just sit there. My grandmother used to pluck my ears because I wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> Leave my ears alone. That's why they're small today. You see that? You can't even see my ears. But. But I grew up, I grew up in a church. I, I grew up, and I remember that uh, y'all made me lose my chain of thought. <laughs> what I said. All right. But I remember when people would actually, these, these ladies, they used to sit there, and they used to just gossip and talk about everybody that came into church. And they would be jealous. I mean, I'd be, brother, sister be out there just blowing, just singing, just blessing. I'd be like, boy, that sounds good. And, mm. She thinks he all of that. And I'm like, what's all of this? And people would be getting jealous. I had a brother long time. When, when I first, before I came, this is when I first became a believer back in the early 90s. That this brother, I guess he was being looked at to be a deacon in church. And I came in, and I came in, I was on fire. I was one of them brothers, I just want to absorb the word. I wasn't trying to, you see, I was never trying to seek a position. I was just trying to, I just want to learn. I was just, I just want to know the truth. 
That's what got me. I would. I don't want. I'm tired of listening to lies, and I don't need. I don't need to be entertained. Get. I want truth. Amen. You follow me? Because at the end of the day, I need truth. And give me a good song. Bless me. Uh, give me a good program. But at the end of the day, I live by truth. I don't want just another experience. I, I just don't want that. I, I, I'm past that. And, and, and so, and so I, 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 just, I just hungered for the word. And, and this brother used to sit in there. And he, this, this guy, he was, and, and, uh, and I guess he thought that somehow, and I used to wonder, you know, what was going on. But I guess he figured that I was kind of, the pastor was kind of liking me. And I was kind of having a little favor. And I remember he would just, I'd just be sitting there listening. And he'd just be cutting his eyes at me. And i look, he'd be like this. Like, man, you know how you feel when somebody's watching you? <laughs> That's how it was. Like, what's... And come to find out, it was confided to me that the brother was actually jealous over me. At first, I thought that was funny. I said, he don't know nothing about you. Boy, if you knew the truth, you were going to be jealous about me, about anything. But you know, people in the body of Christ, they're jealous of one another. They crave or, well, you know, how I many know that you can't do what everybody else do? Amen. Don't be trying to crave. How I many know you got to be comfortable in your own skin? Be, be comfortable with where God made you and how he made you. Don't be, listen, if you, can, if you don't have the gift to teach and preach, don't mean you're trying to get up here. Because you'll fall flat if you ain't gifted to do it. Operate in your gifting. Because the Bible says that he distributes to each one um, as he wills. So that means that the gifting that I have, God gave it to me. So, so that's why I tell people, I said, so why are you in trouble? Do you ever have to be worried about somebody taking what's yours? The Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Proverbs said that a man's gift will make room because God will gift you and God will put you wherever he wants you, whether it's in the church or whether it's on the job. You don't have to fight for nobody. Listen to me. You don't have to fight nobody or be jealous if somebody got something over you because they ain't got nothing really over you. If you know the truth, you just need to keep your eyes on Jesus and God, God, God will promote you. Promotion doesn't come from man. It, come from the east. it doesn't come from the east or west, but it comes from God. God Amen. is the one that promotes. Amen. Well, I need a promotion. Well, then worship God. Amen. I, want, I want God. I want God to then, then, then get in his presence because that's where it's going to come from. Don't put your trust in man. How many know that people will switch on you? People will switch. Boy, I've seen some stuff, man, I'm telling you. As a pastor, I've seen some people flip on you. It's like, dude, what happened? What happened? I thought we were fellowship. We were in sweet communion together. All of a sudden, what's up? I don't want to talk to me. They switch. It's like a whole different, and I look at them. It's like, uh. Here's what God showed me. You don't put your trust in people. Yes. Now, not that you don't love people, and not that you don't pray for them, but you don't put your trust in people. You better put your trust in God. And if you want a promotion, ask your daddy to give it to you and make sure that you be faithful in what he gives you to do. And God will promote you. That was for free. I don't even know that was part of this, but that was for free. All right. So God is the one to give us spiritual gifts. So so we talked about what is the purpose of a spiritual gift. First Corinthians 14, 12. You got that one? First Corinthians 14, 12. You got it? She got it. All right. Uh, that's in 1 Corinthians 14, 12. You got 1 Corinthians 14, 12? You got that one? It's 47. All right. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 12. For those of you who got your Bible, go real fast. Hallelujah. I got to finish up. Y'all look like y'all getting tired. All right. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Y'all, I was hoping somebody would say, no, Pastor, preach, but I guess. All right. Even so, Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Um, yeah, 14, 12. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts. How many know you, you ought to be zealous? The Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So we're supposed to want gifts. But why are we supposed to want the gifts? So that we can pat one another on each other's back? Why does, why does God want it? Why, does, why, does God, why, why do you want the gift? The spirit, why do you want it? Here's, here's why we need to have it. First uh, Corinthians, what do we say? First Corinthians 14, 12. Here we go. We need to have it, even so, since you are zealous 
for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the what? Church, that you may seek to itself. For the edification of a church. So the purpose of spiritual gift is for the edification of the church. Now, let's deal with this and then we're done. So how do you discover your spiritual gift? How do you discover it? Because we already established the fact that everybody has a spiritual gift. We establish what is a spiritual gift versus natural ability. We talked about that. Now let's talk about how do you discover your spiritual gift? How many of you want to know that? How many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? Are you serious? Let me ask the question again. How many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? I got one person who knows what their gifts are. The rest of y'all don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, are you at least convicted that you're supposed to be serving in the body? (laughs) Are you convicted that you need to know what it is that God is doing in your life and how you are to employ your gifts in the body? All right? Now, we're going to be talking about some various gifts, but watch this. So in 1 Corinthians 14, 7, I think you got that one now, right? She have that one. Thank you. She's doing a great. Give her, give her a hand. She's feeling it. Even things without life, whether flute or heart, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in sound, how will it be known what is piped or played? Keep going. Is that the right one? That was it. Jesus. All right. You know what? I think it was first. It was my mistake. I believe. I think it's 12, 7. Watch this. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It was my mistake. It's not your mistake. It's my mistake. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. So here's how you discover your spiritual gift. You remember I said at the beginning of the message that I used to walk around um, and I used to say, what's my spiritual gift? What's my spiritual gift? Because what I tried to do was I wanted to categorize it. Like some of you, you want to compartmentalize your gift. But many of us have a, all of us have a spiritual gift, but I believe that most of us have more than one spiritual gift. Some of us have multiple spiritual gifts. So how did I discover my gift? Let me tell you how I discovered my gift. And I believe this will bless every one of you. Our attitude, when I was coming up... uh, Back in the 90s, I was working in this ministry, in this church. I didn't know a whole lot about a lot of things, about church life and how things were done. But I knew one thing. I knew that I was called to serve. So here's what I did. I figured out a way. All I did was this. I didn't seek out a gift because I think, I think we get, when we start getting lathered up about spiritual gifts, I think we missed the point. Because you can get so drunk with that, you miss it. Here's how you discover your spiritual gift. Lord, here's my prayer. I think we should all to wake up every day. Lord, how can I be a blessing to the body? Lord, how can I help the body of Christ become what you want it to become? Or Lord, how can I help my sister? Lord, use me. How can I help my sister? Because right now she's struggling. I want to be a blessing. Here's what I'm trying to say. Because the spiritual gifts are not given to you for you. They're given for the common good, for the body. So that means we need to first be thinking about the body. Instead of thinking about what I'm supposed to do, think about more how can I help the body. And, and, you're, and listen, I'll give you an example. She didn't, I mean, I hope y'all don't mind. If you do, then y'all just get me later and yell at me and stuff. But, you know, sister, I didn't even tell her I was going to say this. But um, you see these? You see these right here? Anybody know how we got these? Okay. I'm just using an example. just came to mind. Okay. There's a, there's, there's a, the Austins bought this. Now, I want them to confirm something for me. Did I ever come to you and ask you to buy these? I never did. I was walked up one day and somebody said, we had some boxes in the Austin Bless. I said, oh, praise God. I didn't ask. I didn't say, I didn't, I just, you know. But something in them, maybe because she saw that when the ushers came around that 
They're supposed to be collecting the trash, but they had nowhere to put the cups. <laughs> so you know what they said? They said, you know what? Instead of, now, here's the attitude of some folk. They could just sit back and say, these people don't have no cups. They don't have this and they don't have that. Shame. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who are part of the body of Christ. They believe that their job is to go to every church and then pick out everything that's negative, but they never raise a finger to help. Amen. You will never find your spiritual gift that way. Never. They could have just said, well, you know what? It's... But they just went, spent a little money, and said, you know what? We need this. This is going to help the body. This is going to help what we're doing here. I'm going to do this. That's how you start discovering your spiritual gift. I didn't know I, didn't know I had the gift of teaching until I just started just I hunger for the word, hunger for the word, and I became so passionate that I started I start talking about it all the time. And then I said, well, I got to stand in front of I got to tell some people. Then all of a sudden, that, that kind of drove away my fear because I became more passionate about what the needs of the body was. So every one of us in here have a spiritual gift. The question is, what are you doing with what you have? You, some of you, you have the gift of administration, uh, the gift of exhortation, the gift of faith, the gift of serving, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy. Uh, uh, you know, there are all kinds of ways that you can help the body. But the way you're going to discover your gift is you're just going to just say, you know what, Lord, I'm available. Now, I know that seems it may be not it's maybe not as deep as you would like that to be. But everybody that I ever saw that discovered what they were doing, they just served God. You, you, how did Apostle Paul discover his spiritual gift? Did he go out and say, Lord, make me a make me an apostle? Nah, uh-uh. he just said, Lord, I'm available. Whatever you need. Whatever you need me to do, what you, you need me to do that, I'll do that too. But that ain't, you know how some people get, but that ain't my spiritual gift. You know how we don't want to do something we don't want to do? That ain't my gift. <laughs> it may not be your gift, but you, you know, all of us, you know, the Bible talks about how all of us, it talks about the gift of giving, the gift of exhortation. You know, but all of us are called in some way to exhort. But there's a difference between a person that exhorts and a person who has the gift of exhortation. Um, you know, we all are called to pray for one another to be healed. But there's a difference between praying for somebody to be healed and somebody who has the gift to be able to lay hands on somebody and somebody get healed. There, there, there's difference, and we'll talk about that. But the point is, is that everybody has a spiritual gift, and we need to be thinking about ways by which you can serve the body. I'm not just saying that for this church, but, you know, I don't know how long any of you will be here. I'm talking this needs to be your lifestyle. If, I, if God plants me in a certain place, what am I supposed What can I do? that can help that place be what God wants it to be. My giftedness, I'm going to use, whatever that might be. Because to deprive us of that is that, how I many know, we hurt. You know, we got, I'm, I'm done after this, but, you know, we, we were talking about, okay, everybody said, how many of you want a music ministry? I mean, how many of you care about a music ministry? Amen. Whew. All right. I'm just saying, you know. And I was praying. I said, "Lord, there are people who got gifts in here. They may not be the the they may not be the the, the best of the best. But Lord, you can anoint people. Stuff happens. See, I'd rather be around the anointing than be around this other stuff that's not anointed by God. I want to be what God is blessing. So the note might not be all that pretty, but God's blessing. See, because God." And all things, he's going to get the glory. And if my golden attitude is, I want to do this, I want God to get the glory. Yeah. The sky's the limit. So I told people, I said, look, we had a, we had a little audition, and we had people, and I, people were saying, I heard stuff I didn't know came out of people. I'm saying, like, you did what? You can do that? And I was sitting like amazed of what people can do. If you're willing God, you, you'll discover your spiritual gift. You'll, be, you'll find that you'll be a lot of things you can do, but then you'll find that one or two things that you really excel in. And you know what? As you start functioning in the body, everybody else will know it because they will go to you. See, I'm going to send you to sister so-and-so. Oh, somebody got the gift of praying, let me send you to sister so-and-so. That, that, when they pray, stuff happens. You ever, you ever met people like that? I met people that because all they, they're consumed with praying. And they love it. And they study everything they have to do. They're like drunk in prayer. And boy, it's something about when they pray, man, it's like, my, I just like, whew. Like, wow. They, they're just gifted. Or a person who have a gift of faith, 
a person who have a gift of faith, I mean, they believe God for anything. And when they walk around, it's contagious. It's like you just want to latch on to it because they just got that big faith. So spirit, So everybody has spiritual gift. But, okay, here's how you start. Get involved. Ask yourself the question. How can I, if God has planted you here, how can I get involved and use my spiritual gift? Some of you got gifts. I'm going to tell you this. Some of you got gift, words of knowledge, uh, uh, prophetic gifts. Some of you see through uh, visions and dreams. Some of you got the gift of healing. Some of you got all that. But you just have to believe. I know the, the kids crying. It's okay. I think we got a gifted worker back there. She can work with it. But, but, I, but I just believe that the sky is the limit if we open ourselves up and say, Lord, use me. And you'll discover what your gift is. Amen? Amen. All right. Every head is by your eyes closed.